Hi there, this is Megan from the Girl Meets Nerd podcast, and you're listening to season two of Nights and Nerds. Probably because you downloaded it by accident and now have no idea what you're listening to. If you enjoy this show and want some more nerdiness, you can check out the Girl Meets Nerd podcast, a beginner's guide to the nerdverse where we talk about everything from Star Wars to LARPing. Yup, I said LARPing. If you don't know what that is, head over to girlmeetsnerd.com or find us on any music streaming service, and we will share all the nerdy details. But for now, enjoy the show! Thank you for that introduction, Megan. Host of the Girl Meets Nerd podcast, Megan is probably one of the nicest people that you can meet on the internet. Uh, you can listen to her podcast and check out her merch store, which just launched this week. If you want to accessorize in a nerdy way, and if you enjoy a good prequel meme like I do, you won't be disappointed. Greetings, peasants. Welcome back to the Knights and Nerds podcast. This is Tim. I'm the Dungeon Master, and I want to say thank you very much for listening to this. It is finally that time. You can feel it in the air. I know you can. It's time for episode one of our new campaign. I hope you're as excited as I am, but that is impossible because I am at peak excitement. Just a couple of quick things before we get started. The campaign that Tom is running for the original group, that's me, Katie, Candace, and Matt, with Tom as the Dungeon Master. Uh, we've recorded some episodes, and we'll probably, I think, start putting those out in March, I think, sometime, so uh, very soon. That's exciting. So the original group will make our triumphant return as a bunch of level one miscreants. I've got to say, Tom really nails it as the Dungeon Master, and uh, puts me to shame. I won't lie. Um, other than that, the other thing that I wanted to mention, real quick, we have a Patreon now. You can check out the link in the show notes or just search Knights and Nerds on Patreon. Uh, I don't want to take up too much time talking about this, uh, and I don't want anyone to feel obligated in any way at all to sign up to that. I know that things have been difficult in more ways than one in the past uh, 12 months. So, you know, we're happy just to have people listening. But uh, if you are curious, you can go check out the additional stuff that we're offering. There's some fun stuff there, and it won't be just me uh, yakking away in the bonus episodes. I'll be joined by Kevin, Matt, and Sarah on occasion, as well as Candace, Katie, other Matt, and Tom on occasion as well. So it should be fun. Anyways, I think that's all that I really wanted to say. Let's get into this episode. If you're enjoying the show, and if you want to support us, you can do so with a, uh, a rating or review, or you can just tell a friend about us. That would be a big help, too. Anyways, let's get into this episode and meet our heroes. Kevin, Matt, and Sarah, otherwise known as Gutterbird, Thaddeus, and Chai Spice. All right, welcome everyone to episode 1.0 of the Knights of Nerds podcast, campaign number two. Uh, not yet named, uh, come up with a name later. Um, I'd like to welcome our new players. You've, uh, if you haven't listened to episodes zero and 0 0.5 already, please go back and do that because we talk a lot about the setting and the, the characters that these fine people are playing. 
Uh, we've got Sarah and Matt and Kevin. Sarah, quick introduction to yourself and your character, like 10 seconds or less. Uh, my name is Sarah. I'm playing an Eladrin uh, druid uh, named Chai Spice. Wonderful. Um, Kevin, yourself, quick intro, yourself and uh, and your character. Hello, I'm Kevin. I'm playing a warlock, um, a reluctant warlock by the name of Gutterbird. And Matt. Hi, I'm Matt. <clears throat> I'm Matt playing a uh, human paladin, Thaddeus Ulysses Gamble. I am pumped and ready to slay the monsters. Fantastic. Okay. So I'm just going to do a quick introduction here of the of the world, although if everyone should go back and, as I said, listen to episode 0 and 0. 0.5 to get a much more uh, thorough understanding of, of the setting. Uh, here we go. A truce amongst the rulers within the land known as Idrana has held fast, comprised of several realms of humans, elves, dwarves, and other races— the people of these realms have tried to move past the events of the last major conflict, which saw violence erupt between and within each realm. Houses were divided, lineages were destroyed, and Idrana was on the verge of collapse. Only when the Eladrin appearing to, to the material plane for the first time, uh, intervening to mediate, did the conflict subside. And though ten years has passed, old resentments still fester. Old wounds are still raw, and the phantom pain of the lost still linger with many. The war from ten years ago, like most wars of the past, was fought for the c control of a powerful magic substance known colloquially as God's Eye or Starfall. These are meteorites that fall to Earth and are made of pure, solidified magic. God's eye is the only substance which can imbue inanimate objects with magical power, and only a handful of skilled artificers and wizards know how to properly craft such items. God's eye is not the only source of magic in the world. Some people are lucky enough to channel magic in various ways, such as divine magic, or if they have, let's say, a patron, for example, and sorcerers as well are known to exist. Those who derive magical power simply by study and magical components, however, are exceedingly rare. The starting location for this campaign is the town of Rinvale. Rinvale is a quiet, peaceful town of a few thousand hardworking, earnest villagers. Settled at the base of a sloping, rocky hillside, the town was first built up around a mining operation in the hills just outside of the town limits at the edge of the Coldwood Grove. Cobblestone streets in the center of town quickly give way to gravel and dirt roads, a sign of the untroubled simplicity of life here. In the center of the town, facing the rising sun to the east, is an old stone monument to Old King Vilsan. Sound like I'm saying Wilson, but it's Vilsan. Vilsan, V-I-L-S-A-N. The king of uh, a century ago had united all realms of Idrana under his power for a time of harmony and stability before a mysterious cataclysm reduced his mighty castle to rubble and fractured his kingdom. Uh, it should be noted that the monument doesn't necessarily connote admiration of Vilsan uh, by the people of Rinvale, but uh, acts more as a reminder of the inherent dangers of magic, although some people do 
generally like genuinely like him. The the reason why you all find yourselves here, uh, Gutterbird does not know uh, anyone else at this point. Being a a, a sort of solitary uh, solitary individual, he was given direction, uh, Kevin, by his patron, who sometimes speaks to him through fire. You were told to find two people at a tavern in Rinvale. Thaddeus Ulysses Gamble was given information on the whereabouts of an old nemesis. And Chai was given information, Chai being sort of a, uh, like a UN um, observer, was given information on activity that could upset the delicate truce that exists between these realms, and that the goings-on could be found starting in Rinvale. Uh, so I will, I'll leave it to you to decide, uh, Thaddeus and Chai, if you have arrived together or if you have sort of just spied each other in the town and have uh, struck up a conversation. Um, I would imagine he might approach me because I inherently look a little weird, probably. Um, but I mean, you do you. I would, I would say he's, Thaddeus has been around the block. He's seen (laughs) some stuff. Would probably, yes, strike up a conversation, but mostly out of the fact that he knows there's nothing wrong and wants to show other people who may not have seen Aladrin around before that there is nothing wrong with this person. They're just extra plainer. They're just a little bit different. You don't need to be I'm a just dick. Just extra. She's she's not the the regular plainer Jane. Yeah. I mean I mean Sarah plainer and tall. Just to prove to people that Yeah. <laughs> to prove to people that chai spice is just basic. Oh. <laughs> you Bastard. Uh, so no, I don't talk to him. No, I'm joking. Uh, yeah, I imagine like I'd be in the in the tavern and uh, eager to chat to to people about anything, really. I imagine. So maybe we just strike up a conversation about what what has brought us here. Cool. And uh, Kevin, how would you say that Gutterbird, um, who usually keeps to himself, how does he? acclimatize going into a town, even though it's not like a huge town, a town of like several thousand people. I would say very, very cautiously and very observantly. So I would say um, upon hearing um, the mutterings from this um, from this fire instructing me to enter the town, um, I'm still possibly wary of the, um, of the uh, intent behind that. So I I'm, have my guard absolutely up. Very shifty-eyed, very sneaky. Um, just posted up in the corner, trying to keep my eyes peeled for who I might be, might be looking for, but not approaching right away. Kev, I have a question for you. On a scale of zero to meth head, how sketchy do you look right now? Not necessarily a meth head, but somebody who occasionally might wear a meth hat. He's a okay. meth enthusiast. <laughs> so you're a method actor. I'm um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you're a Methodist. Oh. <laughs> uh, so we're in the tavern having this conversation, like yeah, Chai, we're just Chai catching. And I are just, we're... Yes. Okay. Is there a dog in the tavern? Oh, there's there's an old sleepy pooch. I'm snuggling the fuck out of him. <laughs> Thaddeus Thaddeus walks up to the sleepy pooch and just starts being like, "Now there's a good old boy." 
Now, do you... <laughs> is it okay if I pet you, friend? I want to make sure that there is consent given and received before I invade your bubble and give you the scritches. He he sort of like just kind of rolls over lazily and sort of closes his eyes. Oh, that's a good boy. And I get in there and I give him all the belly rubs. All the belly rubs. While completely maintaining the conversation with Chuck. I'll just I'll watch you do this. And I'm just like, that's so weird. There are no like flames or multiple tails coming out of this dog. It's so unusual. The tavern is called the Iron Tankard, and like many buildings in Rinvale, it's made of timber from the nearby forests. Two stories high, the logs used to build the tavern, though old, still appear as resolute as ever. It's late afternoon, approaching dusk, and the sun will soon be obscured by the tall trees uh, to, uh, sorry, the tall trees behind the town on the sloping hills. The tavern is full yet somewhat subdued. Exhausted workers from the mine enjoy some well-deserved ale as they listen to a familiar tune played on the lute, a song about the hauntings of the old mine. A fireplace burns in the middle of the room in a circular stone enclosure, giving a pleasant warmth against the cool autumn air. So, Gutterbird, I, th- I think you would, uh, you know, probably not dally. I'm, I'm guessing you, you don't want to, like, go go sightseeing in this town you're probably just like on a mission um directed by your patron to find the one-eyed warrior oh god that sounds weird uh and the outlander (laughs) that is for sure a porn name a one-eyed warrior and the outlander that is a weird sci-fi porn So Kevin, how, how do you how would you think that uh, Gutterbird would go up and introduce himself? And like, are your all are all of your like tattoos and like talismans like on full display, or do you have like an overcoat to kind of conceal them a little bit? Definitely uh, an overcoat, a, a hooded overcoat, and uh, the, you know a face a face covering sort of um, you know a heavy burlapish scarf that covers you know uh, just over my nose. So I, I feel almost as though I would be, you know, given um, Thaddeus's uh, gregarious personality, I feel as though he may catch me eyeballing him and, uh, you know, want to maybe strike up a conversation. Um, I think, you know, maybe that's maybe that's what I want, but, you know, secretly. But, uh, you know, I think I would, I would definitely just be be watching and trying to get as much as I can, but I think maybe by seeing how he interacted with the um, the dog, with the um, tavern dog, I might be more inclined to 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 be okay to approach, knowing that he's a good person who's kind to animals. So maybe seeing that, I approach very slowly. Maybe I just shuffle over a couple of seats so maybe I can hear the conversation. So with him shuffling over, he mostly is going to hear... Things like, now you like that spot, don't you, little man? Oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. And then I just kind of imagine being a former military uh, soldier, which there's no other kind, I don't think. Um, (laughs) uh, His kind of, Thaddeus is surrounding, like, his ability to understand movements around him and see if something out of the ordinary is coming into his area, he would know to kind of clock that on the way in and see kind of spots Gutterbird out of the corner of his eye shifting over, slowly making his way in. 
and uh, maybe recognizing that as how like a cat that wants to be petted slowly approaches someone who wants they want to interaction with and he'll just turn and go now young man I have a, a couple questions uh, mostly where did you get that fine scar because in this current climate I need to have me a face cover <laughs> it's very important uh, need to need to make sure that we're all safe. These hauntings, they can't make it past those face coverings. Or so I'm told. And I think I, you know, I, I slowly look up, even though it's what I was expecting and what I'm there to do, I'm still shocked by being, you know, kind of addressed because for the most part I've been kind of moving very in the shadows and trying to stay hidden, um, not just in this situation, but in most situations. You know, I just uh, mentioned that we could probably try and track you one down. Well, fantastic. Why don't you come over to uh, our table and you can uh, meet my friend here. She's uh, relatively new in town, just like myself, and could really... I mean, it's always nice to have company at the table. And I can ask you that other question. Mostly, where'd you come from? And uh, I kind of direct him over to the table that I've leaned my giant greatsword at, that Chai's sitting at very... Yeah, I would kind of gesture to the fact that I had this, like... Probably what would have been, like, the best booth in the house, like, slightly tucked away. Like, come, join us. And his general appearance would make me very curious. Like, if he's behaving a little oddly and I'm there to kind of suss out something that might be a bit of an uprising, like, magic-wise and things like that, his general behavior might be like, he might have some information for me. I'd like to continue this conversation around not the general public. And I think I would, I would want to... You know, slowly approach while trying to suss out various allegiances and uh, and purposes. Uh, maybe as I as I begin to shuffle over, you can hear sort of a rattling and a jingling underneath um, this very kind of heavy, um, heavy and dirty burlap-ish uh, hood that I've got on. And I think maybe uh, I slowly sit down and just look. <laughs> wide-eyed at everyone could i do i could see that he's a little uncomfortable and i just kind of want to like calm him so can i maybe like do a quick like druid craft and add a little flower to like his like as if i was like pinning it on him like the scarf or something like that be like there's no no need to worry here and i'll like give him a little a little flower for his ensemble as hell that's fantastic and sarah that's going to earn you a inspiration Sure, but the dog scritches don't get shit. <laughs> that was season one, baby. We're on to season two now. <laughs> and I feel like that flower really, really solves, you know, that there was the, the interaction with the dogs. And I think um, you can tell that it's, um, it's humans that I'm, you know, other humans that I'm not really necessarily sure of. But if, if there's a connection to nature or a connection to, to animals, I think that's what sort of helps. That will help me feel much more at ease. So how are you going to sort of broach the topic of, of why why you've uh, approached them? I think what I would do is likely try and keep as many details about myself as possible. Just keep them to myself. And I think I would ask sort of, you know, what brings you what brings you to this tavern? And what's, you know, what is your what's your current journey or what have you what have you seen or where are you coming from? And then I, I to try and figure out why I'm to be why I'm to be seeking them out without tipping my hand. If that's the case, uh, I will probably 
Thaddeus will probably just sit back a little bit. When asked about his purpose, he sits back a little bit and just kind of gets a little bit less... Like, that gregarious side slides back a bit. And he uh, he takes a bit more of a somber facial expression and says, I'm mostly trying to track me down. This, uh... Well, I'd call him a son of a bitch, but that's mean to dogs. He's more of a bastard, really. I got, I got a qu- quarrel with him at best. And uh, that information has brought me here. Now, don't get me wrong... If there's if there's work around, I'll I'll take it. But I don't like to stay in one place for too too long. I want to uh, make sure that if he stays on the move, I'm right behind him. Who is this person? What have what have they done? As as much as I appreciate your interest, that is of a personal nature at the moment. We'll see how our uh, relationship develops. Before I'm the kind of person who divulges that much personal detail. As the dwarven barkeep, who introduces himself as Grimnar, brings over pints of ale and, and various uh, loaves of freshly baked bread, uh, Kevin Gutterbird starts to notice there's like a chill that has creeped into the tavern here. And you glance over to the central fire pit, and you can see that the fire, well, it was just really happily crackling along not one moment ago, has significantly dimmed. And you hear, you hear otherworldly whispers, and you know that this is a sign that you have to... You have to perform a task to usher in a guest, and I'm I'm gonna shoot you off a quick text here, and then you can you can take it away. Out of the out of the fireplace pops a golden candlestick. B. Ah, guest. Guest. <laughs> no copyright. No copyright. Yeah. <laughs> so without saying very much, and more of a my attitude is a very much a, a, a bear with me for a moment. So I stand up slowly and pull a chair over that doesn't have anybody sitting in it at the moment and reach into my cloak that I'm wearing and pull out a small, small bundle, if you will, of, uh, you know, bundled sticks and sort of fluff. It looks like I've just basically balled up a, uh, a bird's nest. I'm not really. I'm not really explaining what's happening at the moment, and you. But you can tell there's sort of an urgency in t- in my actions. It almost ma- might make you wonder whether or not, to what degree, I have a choice in what I'm doing. So I lay that on the chair and spread it out a little bit, and go over to the fire, and pick out a small stick that is charred and still glowing on one end, but obviously able to be to be touched on the other, to be held. And I bring it over and touch it to the to the bundle I've just spread out on the chair. Uh, I crouch beside it and blow on it to try and get a small uh, try and a small spark or small ember to get that to grow. Again, without saying very much at all. <laughs> and uh, as I blow on it, you start to see 
um, a little bit of smoke, you hear a little bit of a crackle, and then all of a sudden there's a, a small flame in the middle of this sort of debris or brackish about, let's say, the size of a of, of a, a fist, let's say. And as that fire does its fire thing, I sit back down and clasp my hands. Uh, <laughs> Thaddeus sits there and watches this kind of happen. He's like, you know we're going to have to put that out. What you find peculiar about this is that no one seems to have taken any notice of this happening at all, other than Chai and Thaddeus. No one paid any attention to the fire dying down. No one paid any attention to this rising smoke and, and open fire on a chair in a wooden building. Uh, no one seems to be paying any attention. I have a question, or a series of questions. One. Does Chai know, is like the room like kind of frozen or slowed in any capacity, or is it just like no one can see us? It's like they're not, just just not paying attention, as if you're not there. Okay. Can also, with Chai being like sent here to look for magic things, in essence, or like disturbancy things, can I like sense like the God's Eye stuff, or like do I have any tools to help me f- locate it, or anything like that? Like, would any red flags of bad stuff go be going off for Chai right now? Or is this like, hmm, this is weird human realm shit? Like, would I just be doing that? Or am I like, this is the shit I came to fight? Hmm. Um, this is not typical for the material plane. Uh, I don't know how, like, the, the Feywild is, is pretty wild. Um, so you may be more accustomed to, to seeing uh, bonkers shit over there. But for the material plane, this is definitely... L- for the material plane, this is definitely a little bit out of the ordinary. I was just going to say, I'm not immediately concerned, but I'm definitely like, the thought goes through Chai's head, like, head where it's like, oh yeah, this is, wait a second, I'm not at home. <laughs> like that kind of like, oh yeah, this is fun. Oh wait, let's see how this plays out. What's the dog doing? <laughs> dog is snoozing. Has the dog noticed? Nope, not not okay. a bit. You're then, good then. Then uh, I'm not concerned. But I'm still confused because I still think wood chair, fire, wood building, bad. <laughs> so from a seemingly small flame, it it suddenly like turns into like a much stronger flame just on the chair as though someone has just dumped accelerant on it. And the, the it happens like a flash and then this acrid smoke begins to billow out from from the detritus that Gutterbird has spread across the chair. And it billows out into, like, not just up into the ceiling, but sort of hangs around the chair and gradually coalesces into the form of of a man sitting there with his legs crossed, and it begins to clear with this new arrival sort of brushing the smoke away as, as though to clear his vision. He has black shoulder-length hair, a neatly trimmed beard, a gray overcoat that is just immaculate. And one eye is a piercing icy blue and the other is an opaque gray, almost as if there's no iris in there at all. Uh, Thaddeus finds his hand instinctively gravitating towards the handle of his greatsword, but not... Just kind of like, I've got the thing I need if things go in the direction they appear to be. So Thaddeus getting ready to Han Solo this guy, this guy here. I think I think Chai's just like, 
oh, that's a neat trick. She doesn't quite put it together, like, fully yet, what's going on. She's like, oh, that's a Feywild thing. That's cool. The, this, this sudden visitor, the, the gray-cloaked man looks at Gutterbird and, and says, thank you, my dear follower, for bringing me here. I'm glad you all made it. He turns to, like, a, uh, a gnome who's just walking by, and he's like, excuse me, my friend, can you bring me a bowl of whatever it is that smells so wonderful? And then as the gnome scampers off, just completely, like, nothing happened. This guy's been here the, the entire time. He turns back to you, and he says, I love the taste of food in small towns. You can really taste the desperation. And he smiles, and when he smiles, you sort of get a hint of, like, fangs... He oh, he good. leans forward and begins to like neatly arrange the the various uh, objects on the table so that things are suddenly symmetrical. Thaddeus looks at this, takes clocks the fangs, uh, thinks about it, and goes, "Well, I don't need to use it, but I'd like to be sure. Um, I'd like to quickly whisper. Uh, Thaddeus would like to quickly whisper a small prayer." And uh, would like, and you kind of see just a little hint of color and light come from behind his eye bandage. And I'm going to use divine sense to just confirm what I'm pretty sure is an undead or fiend. Does that uh, does that ability allow you to detect uh, those things or anything else? Uh, locate celestial fiend undead. Uh, as well as consecrated or desecrated place within or place or object within 60 feet of me. You're getting a heavy hit on fiend on this guy. Uh, and I'm going to um, extend my arm across the table to put a, put it on uh, Gutterbird's shoulder and say, young man, we're going to have to have a conversation after all this is done. And as he draws back the hand, he purposefully knocks one of the things to not be symmetrical. <laughs> the great cloaked man sort of like, almost like lurches forward a bit, but then it falls and he kind of like waves and he's, and he's like, kind of like chews at his fingernails like a little bit. And he kind of like winces. He's just looking at it. And then he, he, he sort of like crosses his legs the other way to turn. So he doesn't have to look directly at the asymmetrical stuff. And he says, well, listen, I, uh, I'm glad you all made it. Uh, I know that this is strange and that you must be confused, and I hope I haven't frightened you. I'm actually here because I need your help. I don't want to waste much time with introductions. Uh, if you must think of me in some way, think of a ledger for the whole world and I am one who tries to keep the columns balanced. Uh, and I've summoned you three here because there is a great imbalance that is coming. Chaya, I think, perks up at this. Like, this was, like, this is, that kind of wording is what she was sent here to prevent. So she's kind of, while concerned, she's deeply invested in what he's about to say. The imbalance that approaches could change things in such a way that the scales would not simply be broken, but would irrevocably be destroyed. The scales would be bent, broken, 
and probably melted down to make weapons as mortals tried to survive in the hellish wasteland that would be a result of what is coming. Section 3 of Article 99, subsection 542 of the Constat Infernum speaks directly to dire circumstances, so your collective presence here is perhaps somewhat taboo but perfectly legal. There is a ritual that will soon take place in the old mine out in the hills. You must stop it. You should leave now. Can you get a to-go bag here? (laughs) Thaddeus turns to him and goes, Ritual to whom? That, my holier-than-thou friend, is unclear even to me, but if... If this little bit of meat entices you to jump, then I will say the one who is performing the ritual is someone you know as Bryce Baylock. You have got to be shitting me. I actually don't have to shit at all in this form. I'm simply an aspect. (laughs) An aspect? Well, if that's the case... Two things. One, thank you for the extra information. Two, I would appreciate if you could uh, also talk to Tritherian about this and make sure that they are also in the loop. Uh, That way I don't have to go all dickish the next time you pop in, just to make sure that the balance is truly what is being looked at. What did you just refer to? Uh, Tritherian is Thaddeus's guy. Oh, all right. I didn't know that. Uh, God of Liberty and Retribution. That sounds pretty metal. You can you can see that um, the 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 central fire in the tavern is beginning to regain its um, its heat and its intensity, and. Uh, this guest uh, is beginning to sort of lose his his form a little bit. So if anyone has any sort of uh, final comments or questions, now would be the time. I'll probably think of eight cool things to ask, but immediately after he's gone. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm drawing a blank. Kevin, what's, what does Gutterbird think? Uh, your patron doesn't make personal appearances like very often at all, so this is this is this is a big thing for him to show up, not really in person, but to to send like essentially an avatar of himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think first of all, this is not the introduction I was hoping <laughs> to have made with this group. I it wipes away any <laughs> any secrecy I had. Um, so really, I think. Um, you know, now everybody has uh, a reason to be suspicious of me, while I know just as much as anybody else does, or rather just as little. Um, so I think I just have to kind of eat it and shrug. And I reach out a hand to Chai Spice and say, uh, my name's Gutterbird. So I don't believe we've been introduced. And then the same for Tithadius. Uh, that to this, uh, 
Thaddeus doesn't take the hand. He kind of looks past everybody and goes, Grimnar, need four shots of whiskey. One for each of them, one for me, and one for the blade. Coming right up. I think Chai was just acutely watching Gutterbird through this as well, like seeing what his react, like whether he was just like, oh, this is normal, or whether he was like almost embarrassed, I guess, like whether how how comfortable he was with what we just had witnessed. Um, but I think when he extends the hand, uh, Chai would definitely return the shake, the handshake, or grasp or whatever and basically just says like my name is chai and i think we can help i think she'll also probably grasp the necklace that she has at this with her other hand cool so the the smoke dissipates very quickly into the air uh and no one again pays any attention or thinks anything was amiss uh, there was, there was never a person here. There's like also like ba- barely uh, any, there's like a little burn mark on the chair, but everything, otherwise nobody would have known. Uh, there's no sign of that anyone was here. I think I'll just lean into the table cause we're all still sitting there and just basically be like, well, uh, it appears as though circumstances greater than all of us have brought the three of us specifically together for this. I don't know about you, but my intention is to make sure balance between the planes is maintained. It's quite quite literally my job, actually. It's, that's, I think, actually in the paperwork. Um, but uh, I think if you are all interested, uh, I'm going to go check out that mine. Without truly responding, just, Grimnar! Whiskey! <laughs> God damn it! So your guest mentioned to you that you needed to go to the old mine. Now, um, can I guess anyone who's familiar with the area would know that the old mine has been closed for a number of years because the ore deposits were depleted and there were some uh, creatures that started inhabiting the mine that the locals simply did not want to deal with. Did I get the whiskey? Yes, you got the whiskey. <laughs> also, I should mention that um, I don't think any of you know how to get to the old mine. No, though I was saying we've made friends with a bartender, so I figured that might be a good source. But I was also going to ask, I'm assuming, this is me making generalizations, that as a diplomat, I'd probably have some kind of escort. Like, I wouldn't just be traveling by myself. Would that be the case? Or did you envision me by myself? Um... I kind of thought you'd be, like, yeah, flying solo. I mean, I don't think that the the Eladrin typically think of themselves, like, in need of protection most of the time. Yeah, that was going to be the other thing. Is like, either I'd have this, like, grandiose thing, or it would just be me. One oh, or enough. the other. But no, I think that makes sense. Yeah. So Thaddeus puts one in front of each of them. Puts his blade on the table, and because it's a greatsword, it is, like, the length of the table. Takes the one shot, dribbles it across the blade, puts the glass down, grabs his, looks each of them in the eye and goes, Well, I may not have lacked the messenger, but the crew seems fine. Let's hunt. Slaps the glass on the table, and he 
shoots it down. What does Chai think of of whiskey? I think she'd probably be like, oh, well, this isn't quite as refined as like a good elven wine, but I mean, I guess, I guess if this is what you consider palatable, then yes, this is it's good. You think yes. like it's rude to to make faces or something? Basically, yeah. It's like, oh, that's it's. It, it's lovely. Well, judging by the fact that I have um, an invisible patron who tells me what to do, and I respond immediately, regardless of the potential consequences, it's obvious that I'm open to peer pressure. So I, uh, I explain that I, I typically like to keep my wits about me uh, and be aware of my surroundings. But in this case, out of solidarity, um, I take the shot. And it's very obvious that I don't drink. <laughs> so are you at disadvantage now for everything? <laughs> yes, it's, okay. Good. It's like that first time when you're 16 and you get a shot of really bad whiskey at a peach. Yeah, give me some of that. Give me some of that wiser. You're a Canadian club. Yeah, cut that out. We don't need it. We don't need any lawsuits. Alberta Brink. We'll, That's we'll, we'll see. You know what? We'll all stop talking shit about fucking Canadian club once they sponsor us. They'll have to pay us to stop talking about them. Reverse sponsorship. Uh, so, with Gutterbird having taken the shot, Thaddeus kind of looks at him and goes, You didn't have to, but I appreciate it. Now, let's go ask Grimnar a couple questions. Saunters. Gra- gathers his uh, gear and saunters over to Grimnar to inquire about the location of the old mine. He looks at you, his his dwarfish eyes barely uh, visible underneath his great gray furrowed brow, and he says, The old mine? What do you want to go there for? It's a, it's a dangerous, awful place. And I'm here to get rid of dangerous, awful things. Yeah, you you humans get a couple of shots of whiskey in you, and you're, you're all... Gung ho. Actually, I guess they wouldn't say gung ho in this land. Who are you calling human? <laughs> oh, are you, are you going as well, uh, my Aladrin guest? So I think if if Chai is asking, then I think Grimnar would realize it's it's like not just a uh, like an adventurer who is wanting to make a name for himself, but it's actually maybe something important. So Chai, can you give me a persuasion roll with advantage? Uh, to convince Grimnar to uh, give you some detailed information about how to get to the old mine. First and foremost, this is uh, very no, crucial. No, no pressure. Yeah. It's only the first roll of the game. Only the first roll of the game. Really glad you told me I have an advantage, because my first roll, natural one of the entire podcast, good start, great start, people. Good start. The, go some up. would say the best start. A lot of people are talking. Okay, okay, okay. Uh... So uh, persuasion, right? So it's a 16. Okay, so Grimnar puts down the tankard that he's currently uh, was about to go serve someone. He says, alright. So yeah, you have to go follow follow the path up into the hills and then past the entrance of, of the new mine and you'll, you'll see it almost looks like a, a game trail. It's very very uh, uh, ill- not often traveled anymore. So you go up there and you you follow that trail past the entrance to 
to the new mine that's currently in use. You follow that trail, uh, keep going up higher up into the hills, and, and you'll eventually find that the old mine, it's all boarded up. Uh, maybe may have even caved in a little bit, but uh, someone like you shouldn't have trouble finding it, even even if it only gets there at, uh, at night, which will probably take you at least an hour to hike up there. Thank you so much for that information. You're very helpful. Uh, you, I just also, out of curiosity, I couldn't help but uh, hear some rumors about the old mine. Is it true that there are creatures in there? Well, I used to work in the old mine, and I... I I, I've since retired, and uh, yes, there are there are some critters in there. Um, you know, when when we closed it up, we were just depleting the last of the of the ore deposit, so it wasn't much point in us staying. So we didn't want to stay and eradicate uh, these little hard-shelled beasties with with uh, spindly legs, carving out tunnels for themselves. They weren't they weren't so big. We just said, "Fuck it," and we got out of there. Mm, that tracks. Yep. Grimnar, my good friend, I appreciate the information. How long ago was this? Oh, well, the, the old mine's been closed up now for mm, seven, eight years? Longer? They might not be so little now. Got mm. it. <laughs> I suppose you have a point, although I don't know what kind of food they'd be eating other than uh, uh, hapless explorers who think that maybe there's still something down there. But, um, well... You take care of yourself, and if you need to have some some grain alcohol poured over any wounds uh, when you get back, you just let me know. It's hard not to adopt a southern accent, Matt, when you're doing one. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. I refuse to apologize. So I, I believe that believe the correct term here is let's giddy up. I prefer to mosey. Oh, I'm sorry. My apologies. I'm unfamiliar with these plainer ways. Gutterbird, let's ride on our... Vamanos muchachos. (laughs) (laughs) How pedestrian. (laughs) I love it. Okay, so there's a... I'd like to to know, like, as you're sort of setting out, the, the light of day is beginning to fade. What is it that the three of you are talking about? Like, you've barely met... You've already had an otherworldly visitor give you cryptic, well, not I guess not so cryptic instructions, but given you instructions to enter a dangerous mine and apprehend a, a villainous uh, Blackheart. Uh, what is it that the three of you are talking about on, on while you're hiking up this hill? Uh, Thaddeus will probably be talking mostly either at or with Gutterbird about understanding a bit more about limited information that you also say predominantly things along the lines of he also wasn't expecting to be in the situation he's in with regards to otherworldly entities or extraplanar entities uh, while his may be a god that is known to be good he is also understanding that gods are wrathful and can be seen by some as just as evil as fiendish deities and wants to let him know that make him comfortable in knowing that while you maybe have gotten into an arrangement with someone or something, uh, you can use that their power and steer that ship 
however you see fit. You don't have to be tied to the idea of I'm in a pact with the devil. I must, I must act devilishly or fiendishly. It's I, you may have, you may gain power from this, but you can choose to wield that power however you want. I think you can tell that I'm sort of the, or you're sort of the first person that I've really ever talked to about this as well. And you can tell that I'm kind of put at ease by your, by your insights. Uh, And the best way that I think to wrap up a long conversation like that is uh, Thaddeus will say, when you are on the battlefield and there are bodies everywhere and you know you're about to become just another one of them, you usually say yes to whatever offers you that way out. I got lucky in being offered a second chance and a chance at retribution for what had been taken from me. Now, I don't know your circumstances and I don't know how yours ended the way they ended up being the way they currently are. But what I do know is you got the choice to keep that balance or you could skew it in any way. You could skew it for the negative, in which case another big conversation or you could skew it for the good, in which case you'll probably piss them off. It's up to you. And how about Chai? Like, what's what's her take on 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 the current endeavor? I think Chai's kind of she's definitely like not eavesdropping because she's kind of in this conversation by being present, but she's definitely not contributing as much. I think she's definitely just trying to like listen. She's very unfamiliar with with this plane like she's newer to this diplomatic role that she has so i think she's just trying to almost like listen along to one figure out like what is what is normal and what is abnormal for minimum that but i think she's also trying to figure out whether she's kind of decided that she has to trust these people but i don't know if she feels as comfortable as she possibly could. You know what I mean? Like, this is a very new situation for her. So I think she's just trying to get her bearings more so than anything else. So she's trying to listen. Uh, I think this entire walk, she's probably playing with uh, her necklace. Like, she's definitely, like, kind of, like, rubbing it, um, but, like, or grasping at it with her hand and kind of, like, almost talking to herself and kind of, like, I think building herself up to a certain extent. Like, she's newer to this, and this is definitely, like, okay, you have a chance to do this. You're doing what you have always wanted to do you're you're going to help you're going to contribute you're going to be you're going to give yourself a name worth remembering you're going to be your own person and this is this we're going to do it i mean you're strong at it. like she's almost like, like yelling slogans at herself are you in do you love it i'm loving it just do it yeah basically like fucking loving it you're good enough you're smart enough yeah and gosh darn it people like you exactly <laughs> She's very new to like she's lived a very sheltered life. Like, she has tons of experience. Like she she has faith in her abilities to defend herself, but she's never really had to use them in a legitimate sense. Like she's done a lot of training and she's done a lot of this stuff, but she's never she's never been out in the world kind of to use them. I think like up until now, I mean, it's up in theory, I think things have been relatively quiet. Yeah, things have been relatively quiet on the. Like God's eye sense. So it's like, it's not has, it hasn't been as needed for the diplomatic role. So I think this is a kind of good 
She's excited to finally do something, I think. All right. After about an hour and a half, you pass the entrance to the new mine and you um, somewhat easily locate the old the old road. Um, and you can tell uh, fairly quickly that it was a gravel road and now it's, it's mostly overgrown. But it continues winding up through the hills behind Rinvale with tall pine trees of the forest flanking, uh, flanking you on each side. The road seems to be the only sign of civilization in these hills, aside from a moss-covered uh, stones of a small abandoned hovel that you notice through the trees about half an hour after you pass the entrance to the, to the new mine. And it's a short time later after, you, after that that you approach the old mine entrance. Uh, there's little daylight left. But you can see the unobstructed mine opening with a pile of heavy lumber beams scattered on the ground around it. I'm going to turn to the other two. I'm like, I don't, I don't think it's supposed to look like that. The entrance to the mine is a black maw, which means that those of you do not, who do not have dark vision, um, this is going to have to be a light source. I have dark vision. <laughs> yeah, humans. I'm looking at the human and saying no. Kev, do you have dark um, vision? Let me check. If you do, I if you do, I it should be noted like on the on the first page on the right hand, uh, um, like that that box on the right hand right. side. My features and traits. Yeah. yeah, is it there? Nope. Okay. All right. So two two people without dark vision. So uh, presumably somebody's gonna light up a torch. Uh, that would be Thaddeus. Thaddeus is going to strike up the torch. Uh, he's going to be shouldering his greatsword uh, and pull out a javelin and have that kind of at the ready with the torch in front of him. Okay. Uh, what's the... I guess, like, it's not, like, a super narrow opening, so you don't actually have to go single file, but if you do, uh, you can let me know what the marching order is. Um, but as you as you approach the opening of the mine, you can see that there is like this old set of like tracks for a rail car, and the ground slopes downward in front of you from the opening. And this old mining cart sits atop the rusty rail tracks, and the tracks go off into the darkness ahead of you. Is this a ride? Do you get in this cart? It's often used for transportation of not just, well, mostly material, not people. Uh, I was expecting you to tell her that it was like a special a special vehicle for dignitaries. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know them well enough to be that big of a dick yet. Uh, I will, Thaddeus will be tip of the spear. Thaddeus is tip of the spear. Really? With the light source for me and him and... Being. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. I'll take up the rear then, I guess, with dark vision and kind of keep an eye on both sides. Can I get a perception check from everyone? Ooh. More dice. Ooh, which one? Which one? Ooh, that's better. 22 for me. Perception. Ooh, this is terrible. Uh, that's a 13 for Thaddeus. And 11 for Gutterbird. All right, so... Chai notices first, and then Thaddeus, just a moment before taking one step too many, notices a tripwire across the mouth of the opening. So, wait, do I catch him in time? No? Yes. Yes, you do. 
I'm gonna like just grab him <laughs> and just like pull him backwards and just like try not to make a ton of sound. I'll just point at it. Can I tell what kind of what will happen if the tripwire is set off? Uh, yes, with an investigation check, you certainly could. Alrighty, Whew. here we go. <laughs> My second lowest stat. Oh, good. Thirteen. Uh, thirteen's enough. You know, it was, it was, um, you know, like not super obvious in the in the dim light, almost darkness. Um, but the intent is quite obvious that. When when tripped, it would have released the brake on the mining cart, sending it down down the tracks. Thaddeus explains this, and uh, we got a couple options. Number one, we could get in the mine cart, trip this, and go rocketing into a scenario that probably won't end the greatest. <laughs> we could trip this, send the mine cart forward, and let them think it did its job. They come to check. We eliminate some people that are on their own. Or we just go over it and they don't know where. I I feel like the sneaking in is probably more advantageous, but I'll go with the group's opinion. GB, what about you? I believe in the art of the sneak. All right. And Thaddeus steps over. Lovely, lovely. Carefully. So you continue carefully down the sloping, uneven ground, following the rail tracks further into the darkness. Now, this isn't like it's—it's it's very clear that um, there hasn't been very much foot traffic here for quite some time. Um, so the rail track is like it's—it's it's partially buried in in sediment. It's you know you can you can sort of of see some footprints in in the dirt and the dust. Uh, but uh, but it's fairly clear. Like there's not a whole lot of branching tunnels uh, in this place. It's like you're you're just sort of following this uh, this set of rail tracks. Um, and if you're trying to sneak, uh, I would like to get some uh, stealth checks from everyone. And I don't know, Thaddeus. I don't know whether he has disadvantage based on his armor. I am going to look that up. <laughs> I don't know about this one. Plate, yes, but what I have is not plate, so we'll see. Uh, I got an 18 for stealth. <sighs> oh no, he picked up two dice. <laughs> the low one oh! is a nine, and with my negative one to dexterity, good, an eight. Good. Uh, yeah, so disadvantage on stealth checks for me there, uh, boss man. Kevin, how'd you do? I did very well, because I rolled 20 with my, with my nice. plus two stealth. Not 20? Ah, between the two of us, we got 30. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's how it works, right, Tim? We uh, we add the numbers together, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a group effort. <laughs> okay, as you as you're slinking on through the darkness, uh, you can sort of hear voices up ahead around the corner, and you can see a dim light, like a flickering torches, 
just up ahead around a bend. Uh, and the, you hear some voices speaking common. I'm going, uh, Thaddeus is going to stop and try and listen to see if he recognizes one of them. All right, give me another perception check. Uh, I would hazard to say it echoes a bit too much for him <laughs> with his four. No, these are all, like, there's there's too much of an echo for you to, to really understand, uh, like, the specifics of what they're saying or to pick out any in- individual voice. It's just kind of like hushed muttering. How far away? Because you said we could see torches? Like, roughly how far? You could see torch light. Like, so the, the tunnel is sort of lit up very dimly up ahead. Uh, probably 60 feet. Okay. I'm... I'm... I'm going to turn to the other two. And I'm just going to be like, Look. I just need you... And I'm obviously whispering this. I need you guys to just not freak out and be cool with some shit, okay? I hand my torch to, <laughs> to Gutterbird <laughs> and pick up my great sword because <laughs> something tells me it's about to pop off. <laughs> I'm going to wild shape into a giant spider and climb onto the seal. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, what is this? That's uh, that's gonna be some shit. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna scuttle towards them on the ceiling. Cool. So does it like still out of torchlight, but get closer? So does a giant spider get probably a, a crazy stealth bonus? Uh, it is a plus seven to stealth. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. All right. Give me a stealth check then. So better, better, sure as fuck, better than what I have. Uh, what is what is their stat for that? Stealth is. Uh, 18. Oh my god. Okay, yeah. So, there's... So, the the tunnel bends to the right at a gentle angle, and you, you scuttle along the ceiling in a hideous fashion, uh, and there are, there are three hooded figures uh, sort of sitting next to these, like, sort of, uh, like rocky outcroppings along the side of the cave wall it looks like they're trying to to remain hidden from view if someone was coming down the tracks um but they're just kind of chit-chatting um so they're they're like set up there for an ambush but they're not being like they don't notice you um as you approach i just kind of want to listen for now do I see them doing any shady shit other than just waiting? Or are they, like, doing a ritual? No, they are... Not, they, as, as someone who knows magic fairly well, you can you can tell. They're they're just... Uh, you, you figure that they're kind of just being sentries. Okay, I think I will scuttle backwards and kind of do, like, a weird spider charades number and hold up, like, three legs... <laughs> one, two words, <laughs> three, no, yeah, the number three, two words, bad guy. <laughs> Having been in the military. Get the code. Thaddeus understands this perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Having been in the spider army, Thaddeus, spider is, my Thaddeus is well aware of the <laughs> various gesticulations. Yeah. As, a, as, a, as a former follower of Lolth, No. <laughs> 
I would just kind of hint at the like. Maybe I'd like bring a spider leg up. To you, my you know, you know what? Uh, you're gonna have to make. You're gonna have to make a performance <laughs> <Monty>. check. <laughs> spider performance? What is that? Uh, Charisma. Oh no! As a spider? No, no, no! It stays as this. Okay. No. Oh Charisma. yeah. Charisma the soft, stays the, soft the same. Stats stay. Yeah. Charisma stays the same. Thank. Oh, that's still not good. That's a three. That is a three. <laughs> okay, so so Thaddeus and Gutterbird uh, don't really know what. Uh, Chai is trying to convey here. Could I make an argument to use insight to try and boost that? If you roll high enough on an insight, I'll I'll, I'll allow it. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. Okay. I I use my keen insightful powers to go. That's a fucking spider still. (laughs) So, so what you know, what you know is that there's, there's people up ahead um, the spider is trying to convey something. I don't know if you would think that the spider is trying to convey that, hey, it's all good, we can go. Uh, but y- you know there's people up there. Okay, uh, I've given the torch to Gutterbird. And Thaddeus says to him, it's very important to have principles if you're going to use your power in a specific way. Therefore... I gave you the torch for a reason. And he walks forward. Oh, God. Around the corner. I'm going to scuttle back under the <laughs> ceiling real fast as he does this. I'm like, shit, 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 shit. And he's got the sword at the ready and he just turns the corner. Okay. Fuck. All right. Everybody roll initiative. I might switch my 20 up. I got a nice little, I got a nice little four. Ooh, well, I got a nine. Ooh, twinsies! Oh, but I'm on the ceiling. Do I get like a, a bonus, bonus for stealth? Oh, oh, I could use my I could use my uh, inspiration and reroll if you want. You could give me your inspiration, and I could reroll as well. <laughs> you know what? I think it's more appropriate that you reroll. I'm gonna. <laughs> can I get? Are you cool with that? Gifting inspirations. Oh, that's. I'm very cool with gifting inspirations. That's what it's all about, baby. Okay, I think I think Matt needs this. If he's walking in bold, he needs to do worse. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> well, all right. Wasted. Yeah, going in, going in. Uh, yeah. All right. So thank you, dear. Love any, you. Anytime. I'm so glad. So how did you two do? We both got nines. Okay. Though, oh, I did not. Did you not use the spiders? I did nuts? not use the spiders. Hold on. It would have been, it would have been a whopping ten. Okay, so I didn't roll great either, but I rolled an eleven for these dudes. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yep, that beats us. So they, they, they must have heard the 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 unsheathing of of the one-eyed warrior's uh, <laughs> phallic weapon. Um, and so as soon Thaddeus, as soon as you turn the corner, these three robed figures um, they have they, they spring up and they all draw short swords. Uh, it doesn't look like they're like heavily armored or anything, but they they clearly have been waiting for intruders to come this way. So they're going to um, two of them are gonna rush at you, one of them like eyes the ceiling and appears to shat himself. <laughs> I do have that effect on people. 
Death from above. But uh, the third one prepares a, a throwing knife uh, to and, and begins getting a bead on on Spider Chai. Uh, but we'll do the two on Thaddeus first. You mean the the giant chider? No, you know. I mean, it was no, difficult. No, I support no, it. I, it works. Mm-mm. Yep. Yes. Like a drider, but chai. Humans on our side. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. It's even better. Uh, There's extra support. What's your what's your armor class? 16, good sir. So the first comes in, swings at you. You you block with, uh, with your longsword. The second one does manage to get past your guard. And deals three points of slashing damage. What's the AC on a spider? 14. You'd think it would be higher. This guy clearly has been practicing in his off time, so I rolled a, a 19 with, uh, Ooh, with a throwing knife, so you're going to take five points of throwing knife damage. I'm guessing that's piercing. And then it is Spider Chai. I'm going to web attack the one that hit me. Actually, no. Sorry. The one that's on... Is it up in Thaddeus's business? got two in my business. Got two in your business? Got I'm gonna, two in my business. I'm going to try and attack one of the ones in his business. Business is good. So, I'm going to web attack. That is a 14 to hit. Uh, yes, you successfully web one of these fools. Okay. So, on a hit, the target is restrained by the webbing, so it's under the restrained condition. And as an action, the restrained target can make a DC 12 strength check, uh, busting through the, the web. The webbing can also be dis- attacked and destroyed. But it is, in essence, restrained until further notice. Wonderful. Okay, Thaddeus, you are up next. You got one restrained person and one non-restrained person. Just checking something real quick. I believe you have advantage. Attack rolls against a creature that is restrained have advantage, and the creature's attack rolls have disadvantage. Perfect. I googled it. Because Uh, I also forgot. (laughs) Thaddeus pulls back, takes one hand off of his... uh, off his greatsword and pulls the eye bandage down and puts it in like a little pouch he's got in his back. So you see the full scar like top of the forehead down to almost halfway down his cheek through the eye. The glass eye that is his holy symbol with the Triskelion of Tritherion on it. And he grips back on the two-handed greatsword and he just looks at him and he goes, Gentlemen, you picked a bad day to be a bad guy. And he's going to take a uh, great weapon master swing at the restrained creature. Oh, shit. (laughs) So minus five, but plus ten damage. With advantage. With advantage. Uh, That is a 16 to hit. Yeah, easily. These guys are barely wearing any armor. A grand total of... 23 damage (laughs) on the first attack. So, um, I'll stop you right there. (laughs) What, can you describe what the swing does? A 23 points of damage to a human who has hypothetically, (laughs) let's say nine hit points total. (laughs) Um, 
if it were a more like if it were a long sword or a rapier, it would have been surgical. They would have died in a matter that almost seems painless. And the webbing would have been undisturbed. But because it's a great sword, I kind of feel like Thaddeus just turns and puts his whole body into it, kind of like a baseball swing. But he comes from top down across and kind of cleaves him entirely on a diagonal. And the webbing holds him intact until it kind of just falters under the weight of the body trying to collapse. I... Maybe. Wow, 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 wow. (laughs) Perhaps. Graphic. Um, And because of Great Weapon Master, if I reduce a foe to zero hit points, I get to use my bonus action for another attack. Oh my god. Okay. So I'm going to turn to the second one. Has the second one shat himself yet? (laughs) Not enough time has passed, but he's... Between the spider and what he just witnessed. (laughs) The way Thaddeus is going to do it is he's not so much as going to turn back across the momentum. He's going to carry it through and then go from bottom right to top left on an uppercut swing on the other guy. This is a regular attack that will not have the minus five. Uh, Fourteen. Fourteen. You still manage. Oh, my God. Sorry, nineteen. Yeah, nineteen. I was like, what's your bonus? Still good. Yes. Uh, this this uh, this this scrappy fighter is just so taken aback at the pulping of his comrade that he's he's just almost like dropped his guard entirely, and you connect easily. Uh, and that's a total of eight, uh, thirteen points. I'm rolling high on the damage. Yeah, guys. you're doing well. <laughs> there is there is one of these sentries uh, left. He's just witnessed his two. Probably his two best friends in the world just get reduced to mush. And uh, and he looks like he wants to run, but uh, Gutterbird's going to have something to say about that first. Kevin, take it away. Well, I think this is some of the first real combat I've ever experienced in my life. So I'm, I'm simultaneously exhilarated and mortified as some of the blood of the first two characters is splattered all over my cloak. Um, in a in a wild arc of, that I've never witnessed before. And I think emboldened by this, uh, with first nervous and then I sort of steal myself and look up at this last character. I mean character pejoratively, this clown. And I, and I, <laughs> and I decide I'm going to really join this fight and show hopefully show everybody what I'm made of and really just go for uh, a juicy Eldritch Blast. A little extra mustard on it. So, I (laughs) rolled a 20. Um, Whoa! (laughs) Okay, okay. um, Sorry, one 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 house rule uh, that I'd like to do um like with, with crits because sometimes you can roll like you can like crit, crits are essentially double damage right is that what everyone's understanding is so what i like to do because you can roll like really low on on one damage die i like to put like the the damage die of the attack which in this case is a d10 is you get max damage on the base damage die and then you get to roll one more of the same damage die on top of it. 
So it's an automatic 10 damage. So Kevin, roll roll it a d10. And then I think you have Agonizing Blast. So you're going to add your Charisma modifier on top of that. It's <laughs> oh, true. I do. Oh, God. So that's going to be... Where's my modifier here? So that is going to be 11. That you rolled? Uh... An eight plus my my plus three charisma modifier. Okay, plus the original plus ten. Plus the ten. Oh, so that's Great. 21, 21 points. <laughs> Oof, that is almost as much Without as the, the twenty three no, that, that Thaddeus did. Like, uh, you send this bolt of dark, malign energy just surging through this tunnel. Like, what does it do when it hits this guy? Surprising me and everybody around me. <laughs> it hits him square in the center of gravity, right in, in like the gut, in the solar plexus. And I feel like even though the initial hit would have dealt a fair amount of damage, I want to go ahead and say that the dark energy coursing through this this man's body, not coursing, but blowing through this man's body is sort of boring through and working its way out the back while still holding him up eventually as it makes its way through and works its way down the tunnel this man is standing there with a, a smoking hole in the majority of what used to be his his body um and I feel as though he looks up and almost as if he's going to speak and kind of manages a uh, and crumples. All right. So uh, Thaddeus and Chai learn uh, like the term exit wound had not existed until now. <laughs> I would like to suspend myself from web from the ceiling and just like slowly come down in front of my two new companions and as best as a spider can with no appendages, I want to give them both thumbs ups. I thought you were going to clap with like eight legs. I thought you were going to give us eight individual. <laughs> I mean, that's eight better. individual winks. Oh, oh, that all of the, guys, all of this is much better. I Let's, do all of the things you just said. Let's scrap what I just suggested. Group storytelling, am I right? Right. <laughs> I was really hoping that that guy got away so that Chai and Spider Form could like do the thing from The Simpsons where the spider's like pumping the like the air with its legs like get back here <laughs> I assume we carry I feel like I need a minute to look down to look down <laughs> at my hands and look at you guys and just say this I I didn't it's almost like I didn't know this was in me Now this is this is joke what Thaddeus would say mm. but it's not what Thaddeus actually says puts a hand on his shoulder and goes Son, the power was in you all along. Oh, for God. No, that's canon. That's canon. <laughs> I make some weird little pincer noise and just kind of like pat you on the back, but my hand sticks to you because it's covered in a web. And then it kind of pulls at the cloak a bit. It's an awkward moment, but it was there in solidarity. Maybe the real Eldritch Blast was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Gold, Jerry. Gold. All right. Shall I? I'm going to use one of my many appendages to kind of gesture down the hallway and be like, shall we? 
Because I got this spider shit for like another hour and a bit, so we're good. Uh, Thaddeus will turn to Gutterbird and actually say... Okay. (laughs) Once again, son, it's more how you choose to use that power that you've been gifted than where it came from. And god damn was that badass. Also, if you can do that one-handed... I'm going to let you hold the torch. Because <laughs> uh, I need both my arms for this one. Are you about to give me a hug? <laughs> no, I... I, was I need both my arms held for up this. The sword. <laughs> I need both my arms for this. And he starts doing the Charleston. <laughs> we don't have time for this. Ooh, what would a spider like doing the Charleston? What would that be like? Uh, I don't know, but oh, I invi- instantly, there's some kind of visual somewhere I've seen. Oh, no, it's from Harry Potter, when it's got all the, like, uh, skates, like roller skates on its legs, and it's, like, just babbling along and has no concept. Yeah, that's what I'm envisioning. Is that from right Harry now. Potter the book? It's in the book and the movie. It's when Ron has the Prisoner bugger in the, in the trunk, and he, like, envisions the spider, because he fucking hates spiders, but then he has to make it, like, something funny. All right, moving on. <laughs> You continue following the old rail tracks down into the darkness. The flickering torch illuminates only a few steps ahead of you as you proceed. Chai, you don't care about this. You're a spider, goddammit. Eventually, the slope levels off <laughs> Fucking right. and continues for another few minutes before the tunnel splits into two paths. I'm going to need a fucking perception check from you guys. Oh, as a spider, though, I guess. Perception's yours. It's wisdom. Oh, right. You're right. Uh, 16? Perception? Yes. 13 for a gutter bird. Some single-digit number. (laughs) Though I do have... I still have dark vision, and I do have blind sight now, as a heads-up. Fun fact. Uh, Chider and gutter bird uh, can can pick out <laughs> I I was just thinking about this sorry I was just thinking about this it's Chai Spicer. Oh. oh for god's sakes nah I can't get behind that one no yeah. it sounds too much like They're Sean Spicer <laughs> yeah I'd rather distance myself from that as much as possible uh so uh, Chider and Gutterbird can see in in the tracks, in the dirt, that they veer off to the right. I will go that way. And suggest with my many arms that direction. To Thaddeus, who appears to just be circling. He's like, look! <laughs> Thaddeus Gutterbird can like also convey this with language. He's looking for tracks. <laughs> no, that's too simple. We can't do that. I think we should go that way, too. Okay, so you follow... Start scuttling. Yes, you follow the path to the right, down, continuing into the darkness, barely uttering a word, keeping your senses alert to any, any noises or anything else that, uh, that might uh, jump out at you, that might alert you, I guess? Yeah. Uh, you proceed until you reach the end of the tunnel where it becomes, like, opens up into a chamber, a cavernous room. Uh, you see that there is some dim light emanating as you approach, uh, and and you can hear some quiet muttered, "What? 
could probably be described as chanting. I'm assuming Chai kind of recognizes this as possibly like a ritual thing? Yeah, I would say so, yes. I forgot to mention, but after combat was done, Thaddeus put the bandage back on, and now that we're back to a scenario where he's going to uh, be spilling blood, he takes it off again. So I guess that's kind of the same as just leaving it off the whole time. Pretty much, but I don't know how long this. But it doesn't tell was. a story. Oh, that it that that does uh, actually. How long was this trip down in the mine? Because that would affect possibly my wild shape. Oh, it, it it hasn't been an hour since you've changed first. Okay. Okay. Cool. So, how are you going to approach this chamber? Do you, so we see, like, we're we are at the opening of a chamber, and they're like in the middle or like far wall. They're they're sort of in the okay. Let me I'll, I'll describe it a bit better. Um, there's a as, as you get to the opening of the chamber, like the the entrance to the chamber, you can see that there's a circle of torches. Uh, a short distance ahead, probably about 40 feet. And these torches, they throw a meager light into the oppressive darkness. But it's enough that you can see five figures, each standing next to the torch that has been staked into the ground. Uh, the the circular area that they're in is a, like a slab of smooth, unblemished stone. It's slightly higher than the rest of the cave floor. And much of the ground surrounding th- that central circle is... It's like shale. It's like rock shards. Uh, so in game terms, there's a 10-foot perimeter around the ritual area that's difficult terrain. And anyone with that's familiar with rocks and rock behavior would know that the shale would be... It would make it impossible to make it like a stealthy approach. Uh, pretty much. The hoods worn by several of the figures obscure their features, but two of the five stand out for wearing heavy armor. Do I recognize any of them? Give me a perception check. Ah. Uh, three. Now the the there's too too much shadows that on the face. But I will say that I will say this: in the middle of the circle, there's an apparatus. Looks like an iron staff topped with a central glass sphere with a multitude of small but brilliantly colored gems attached at various points. The figures in the circle, they chant quietly, though you can't distinguish the words, and as they speak, the apparatus begins to glow. Ooh, Chai's all about that style. Actually, sorry, hang on. <laughs> sorry, one sec. <laughs> I, I did write this before, so so Thaddeus, sorry, sorry about making you roll that. I, I wrote this already. Thaddeus would immediately recognize two of the figures... Oh, okay. Specifically, the two wearing heavy armor. <laughs> one is one is named Eldon White, <laughs> whom Thaddeus knows to be a former member of his old, now destroyed regiment. Eldon participated in the betrayal, which all but annihilated Thaddeus's regiment, perpetrated by Wendell Crowley and Bryce Baylock. The other armored figure is Bryce Baylock himself. Even in the flickering dim light, you recognize him. His broad frame, dark, calculating eyes. An irritating man bun and a wide jaw that bears a scar that you gave to him. Uh, I turn to both of them and say, sorry, but I've got it. And Thaddeus turns to them and says, sorry about this, but I got to pull what we in the unit used to call a Leroy. And he pulls from his belt 
a broken sword hilt. And I'm asking if I can do this as kind of like a bonus free action because it's not an attack. I want to throw it towards Bryce and Eldon. And then I want to move in to within 30 feet of them and cast Bane. If that's cool with you. I, I, I would allow it. Uh, I first just want to get um, a perception check from Chai. Oh, uh, 11? Okay. Um, you, you can see that one of these five is an Eladrin. Oh, shit. But I can't tell who? You don't know them personally, but the most distinct feature about this Eladrin is that uh, this Eladrin, she does not belong to any court, nor to any season. Her skin is a pale gray, like ash, and her eyes a stark white, her lips a pale icy blue. This is not like any Eladrin that you've seen before. Ooh, I don't like this. I'm extra pissed now. (laughs) So I can go do the thing. Yes, you can go do the thing. So, so what does um? Can you tell what does this broken sword hilt represent, and then what does Bane do? So the the broken sword is actually uh, the sword hilt of his rank. Uh, in the military, you would have a weapon that denoted your kind of station, and it was the uh, the rank that he held when he was commanding that unit. That got obliterated. And it is the broken sword that he used to give that scar to Bryce. So he hucks that at them. Steps completely into the light. And then the Triskelion begins to glow. Well, Thaddeus turns to all of them and he says, <clears throat> Elden. Brass. There is not enough words. To describe the pain I am going to inflict upon you. And more importantly, I'm going to cover myself in your burning ashes. And nobody's going to give a goddamn. And Bane, uh, up to three creatures of your choice that you can see within range must make charisma saving throws. Whenever a target that fails this saving throw makes an attack roll or a saving throw... Before the spell ends, one minute with concentration, the target must roll a d4 and subtract the number from the attack roll or saving throw. Uh, I'll let that go off, and then we'll roll initiative, but a couple things are going to happen first. Uh, uh, First... (laughs) The trap I trigger. (laughs) First, uh, I I have to monologue a bit, and uh, Kevin... Oh, of course. uh, Gutterbird feels like a sort of a, a a flapping next to him, and a, a small voice point out that disrupting this ritual can be done by damaging the central apparatus. And then there's like a, a small high-pitched chuckle. Bryce Baylock stops chanting as this broken sword clatters to his feet. And he's, and every essentially everyone in the circle kind of... Uh, Actually, just just the two heavily armored figures. The Eladrin looks over at you, but continues to chant. And uh, Bryce says, he says, You, can it be Thaddeus Ulysses Gamble? I thought you were dead. You made such a convincing corpse. 
He produces a weapon from behind his back. It's a mace. And instead of a ball, there's a fearsome-looking skull with razor-sharp teeth, which emits a menacing aura. He swings He swings it gently, says, Ah, I, do you recognize this? You know, Thaddeus, that Crowley was wielding this mace when he visited your village. They say the skull traps the souls of those it slays, and that sometimes it shows you the faces of its victims. Do you believe it? Whose face will you see before you die? Let's put it to the test. There is not a single word coming from Thaddeus, but you can see that every knuckle is white as he's gripping that sword with everything he's got. Uh, so what's what's the spell save DC on Bane? Uh, for me, it is atrocious because I am level three. Uh, Twelve. Uh, Bryce is the only one who succeeds. Oh, motherfuck. <laughs> so let's, let's everybody roll initiative. Uh, I have a 17. Ooh, one. Uh, I got a 14, even with my negative. Oh, look at me with my fun mom energy. Oh, mine's actually, I got a three. Bryce! Sorry, I forgot my modifier. Okay, um, Sarah is up first, uh, followed by Bryce, and then Matt. So, I in the wild shape thing, it says you retain the benefits of any features from your class, race, and other uh, or other sources that you can use in your new form that you're physically capable to do so. So, what? I'm just this. What Chai wants just, to do... I'm just hearing so much Patrick Rothfuss. What Chai would like <laughs> to do, Chider specifically would like to do, because uh, she's on the ceiling, I would like to fall directly above this staff and use my face step ability to take it with me and fuck 30 feet away. <laughs> like mid-fall, face step, grab it and go. Sorry, Wild Shape says that you retain the abilities of your class? Uh, okay, yeah. So you retain the benefits of any features from your class, race, or other source that you can, uh, you, and can use them in your new form. Is, new form is physically capable to do so. So face out, like, it's like, it's not me holding an item with a hand, basically. So, like, obviously as a spider wouldn't be able to do that. Uh, however, you can't use any of your special senses, like dark sight, unless the new form has it. So, I don't know where you would rule on that for the phase step thing. Yeah, it says something like about if your new form can essentially, like, to me, the 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 sort of more mundane beast form of the spider doesn't lend itself to teleportation. That tracks. I mean, I would assume so. <laughs> I mean, if it did, then like God help us all. But uh, I mean, that's that's sort of that's sort of my inclination. I I hope that doesn't come off as being unfair, but uh, that's my interpretation. No, then no, no, no. Uh, so the other thing that I could not check, and I want to see what would it be for me to drop the wild shape. Is that a bonus action? You can revert to your normal form earlier by using a bonus action on your turn. Okay. 
So I would like to revert, fall from the sky, and face down before hitting the ground. Now you're thinking. Wow, 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 wow. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I guess you don't really have to roll for that, do you? Is is face step also a bonus action or is that a regular action? Oh, it is a bonus action. You're right. I can't do the both. It's it, it's a revert as a bonus action, correct? That's what it says. Uh, uh, then I would like Shapoopy is what I would like. Uh, how much? How high is the ceiling? Uh, it says like thirty feet up. Can I web? Can I web it from the ceiling? Can I web it? And pull it back up to me. Can I do a web attack then? You can web. You can web attack this this artifact. Sure. Okay, I'm gonna web it and try and pull it towards me. Web it good. That is a twenty-four to hit this artifact. I'm gonna go ahead and say that that's plenty good. Shoot that web. Give that stuff a crack. So yeah, I'm gonna web it. Yeah, the range is 30 is 60. So I could pull it back a bit, maybe? Momkin? Maybe, maybe, maybe? Sure. You you web this and and begin to sort of begin to sort of take it out of its uh, position staked in the in the center of this uh, circle. Um, as as you're doing that, Bryce is going to charge at Thaddeus. Get some going to hurt. <laughs> it might it might hurt, yeah. Made a huge tiny mistake. <laughs> okay. So he he swings once with this mace it goes it goes too high. You duck. And the second the second it comes in and it gets you right right in the in the side and boy it hurts. Um can you make a wisdom saving throw? Also, you're gonna take. I sure can. Also, you're gonna take uh, nine points of bludgeoning damage. All right. Do you want the concentration check before or after the wisdom save? Uh, let's do the wisdom save first. Wisdom save. Yeah. That is a twenty-one. All right. You feel like for a second you see that the skull momentarily takes on the face of someone that you've lost. But it quick, like that vision, like you shake your head and it's gone. You also, with that wisdom saving throw, are immune to the effects of fear, which you felt start to overtake you a little bit as as Bryce became close. Kevin, are you, like how close are you standing to Thaddeus? I think... I'm a little, I think I'm uh, back a bit. I'd say maybe 15 feet because he threw the blade and, and moved forward. And I think I'm still trying to figure out everything that's going on. Okay, so as, as the wielder of this, of this skull mace comes closer to you, you also feel these effects. So I'd like for you to make a wisdom saving throw as well. Three, so 21 as well. Wow, okay, all right. You you sort of begin to feel the effects of fear, but you quickly shake it off, and you're like, wait a sec. I know somebody from the Nine Hells. <laughs> Come at me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, cute attempt. I've seen the darkness. <laughs> uh, and my concentration check for Bane? Sure, go ahead. Is a 19. 
All right, you're good. You also notice that, like, in addition to getting bludgeoned with this thing, you notice that the skull actually bit you. <laughs> like, you got bite marks in your arm. Didn't buy you dinner yeah. first. This fucker. <laughs> and Bryce taunts you. He says, "Yes, Crowley's screaming mace is now mine. Agroth, Crowley's realm now is under my control, Thaddeus." Uh, and now we're going to go to uh, Matt. Matt, it's your turn. You said I got bit in the arm? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, that I'm going to just kind of tense up a little bit more. And I want to, as I've been bitten, I kind of want to pull to see if I can get the mace to bring him a bit closer so that I can once again do a full body swing with the sword but I want to try to connect as close to the hilt as possible. So that way, when I just pull the sword down, his body drags across the blade. Okay. Kill. Fuck nuggets. Uh, I'm going to assume an eight doesn't hit. No, no. He, he sidesteps as you swing with uncontrolled anger. If I use my channel divinity, will you? Ca- does that count as concentration to you? And would I drop bane? I don't know. Does channel channel divinity? Does it say it's concentration? Uh, it doesn't. It what it says is vow of enmity. As a bonus action, you can utter a vow of enmity against a creature you can see within ten feet of you, using your channel divinity. You gain advantage on attack rolls against the creature for one minute or until it drops to zero hit points or falls unconscious. That's all it says. Okay. Does not sound concentration-like to me. Awesome. So as I miss with this, I just look up at him because he's right in my grill. And Thaddeus says, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. And it genuinely does not matter if we both don't walk out of here. And uh, I use my vow of enmity. And now I'm going to hopefully crack his skull in. On my next turn. Really should have done that in a different order. (laughs) (laughs) Elden looked like he was going to attack Thaddeus, but now that this artifact has been webbed, he's, he like, he's going to run up and like, (laughs) like grab hold of it and just like anchor it with his weight. He says, no, don't interrupt the ritual. I want to meet the master. Uh, And that takes us to Kevin. Fuck, fuck that. So the staff, the staff is webbed. (laughs) It's currently webbed. I'm trying to pull it away. He's also trying to pull it from the ground. But it's like like a uh what's it? Tethered? A tug tug no, of what's war. It called? Tug of war. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so sticky. But a very sticky tug okay. of war. If one team was a giant spider. So it's If one team was a giant spider suspended from the So this is a so this there there's a there's a uh, an important um orb, let's say. Uh, orbicular item that's sort of being held in the top of the staff almost in, in the same way that uh, you know a, a ring would hold a jewel so so to speak like it's kind of pinched in the wood or how, how's it being held into the in the staff so there's like these claws that are sort of uh, gently like cradling the orb so okay what is currently webbed is the is the orb webbed, but then the staff is coming with it? The whole apparatus has been gooped up. 
So I feel what I'd like to do is I'd like to load up my crossbow with a bolt and I would like to try and loose the orb so that way the tension of the webbing will then hopefully once it's loose pull it up towards the spider. So you're trying to separate the orb from the staff? Yes. So that the orb stays with the web and the staff stays with the... Yeah, maybe he impales himself on it. I mean, that's I'd like just, to... That's just gravy that, at this point. That's gravy on the mashed potatoes of adventure. So what do we think? How do we feel about that? It's all good for me, man. You gotta, you gotta make that sweet, sweet attack roll. All right, let's do this. So I'm winding up. I got my my bolt loaded. I'm steadying, steadying it in amid amidst the chaos. All right, so I rolled a seventeen, and then my plus my plus five attack bonus is echo on there. Yeah, so your plus five goes on there. You just line this thing up almost perfectly, and uh, and deliver a surgical strike with your crossbow. So uh, roll some damage on that bad boy. Oh, so I uh, got a got a one. <laughs> a surgical one. <laughs> so yeah. it's a it's a one plus your your dex modifier for a total of three. Yes. Okay. So the the damage does like cause a bit of magical energy to escape from the orb. It's almost like the orb has been like compiling this this energy and and the damage has disrupted part of it. So, like, this this brief flash of white light, like, arcs out of it and just goes up and, like, and just lances across the ceiling next to, uh, next to Spider Chai, just singeing it a little bit. And Chai, we're back up to you. What, what is the gentleman that is holding this staff wearing? Uh, armor? Plate, was it, that you said? Yeah. Heavy armor. But metal armor. Oh, so metal. I would like, as the spider, to fall from the sky onto him. Spiders are dropping like... I am assuming I will take some fall damage, I would assume. Uh, Once you fall on him, like, are are you doing a bite attack or something? Oh, you'll see. Oh, uh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, get. I guess a spider. So can, can um, I fall on him? Yeah, you can. You can fall on him. It takes literally no effort. Okay, <laughs> then I will do that. You just let go. <laughs> and what I would like to do, I'm still. I will, as my bonus action, drop spider, and as my full action. I'm going to cast heat metal on his plate armor. Okay, so can can you describe for our listeners what heat metal does? Aside from the fact that it's got no fucking saving throw. I know. I'm very excited. So gross. <laughs> let me read you. Oh, let me weave you a tale of words. Choose a manufactured metal object, such as a metal weapon, a suit of heavy or medium ar- metal armor, perhaps, that you can see within range. This range is 60 feet. Uh, but you cause this object to glow red hot. Any creature in physical contact with this object takes 2d8 fire damage once I cast the spell. 
until until the spell ends, which is a minute. Uh, until the spell ends, I can use a bonus action for each of my subsequent turns to cause this damage again. If a creature is holding or wearing the object, it takes the damage from it uh, and takes the damage from it. The creature must succeed on a constitution saving throw or drop the ob- object if it can. If it doesn't drop the object, which with plate armor, it can't drop it. It has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks until the start of its next turn. But it has to like re either take off the armor or keep trying to do so. Okay. Uh, so Yeah, so this guy I can tell you I'm, I'm going to do what is called cook and book. Yeah, so he's he he's he's in this for the long haul, so you're gonna have to roll that two D eight. Oh for fuck's <laughs> sakes. Remember when I mentioned my dice curse at the beginning of this recording? I, on my 2d8, got a grand total of two. Snake eyes. <laughs> Minimum damage. Minimum damage. But he's going to take this every round because he can't drop the stuff. But, yeah, and I'm going to try and grab the, because he's mildly maybe distracted, I'm going to hold on to the staff and, like, get the orb away from him. All right. He he appears like, he looks around as a, like... As though he's like looking for someone else who's who's like poking at him. Um, Bryce is gonna wind up with another swing with the screaming mace, which has been silent so far, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay, um, so I rolled uh, again one one miss as a skull goes just in like through the air past your face, and then another connects strongly just bashing you in the side and does um 15 points of bludgeoning damage and then the skull also bites you again oh, oh my god oh no are you uh does the bite do anything extra uh the bite itself doesn't do damage but uh i mean if you were to if you were to investigate the skull then then you might find out something different but it's just the it's just the 15 for now Okay. Just the 50. Yeah, you know, that's that's cool. Uh, I need to make choices now. It is your turn, Matt. I am going to drop Bane. And as a bonus action, I am going to cast Shield of Faith on myself. Giving me plus two to AC. So now my AC is 18 for the next 10 minutes or until I lose concentration. Okay. Um, and for my action, yeah, I'm going to attack. Uh, and I'm going to attack using Great Weapon Master. So minus 5, but I do plus 10. But you have advantage because and of I your... I have advantage yep. on the attack for Vow of Enmity. Yeah. I rolled two 18s. <laughs> There's no mistake in it. How does that, how does that feel? Feels like this guy's going to be hurting. Yes, he is. Because of the divine smite I'm going to pump into. Oh, no! <laughs> uh, so that's 2d6 and 2d8. Oh, shit. Plus 10 plus my damage <laughs> modifier. Oh, I wanted to clarify something before I rolled these smite dice. 
are we treating Divine Smite as... Uh, I don't know how great weapon fighting works with regards to the smite dice. If I roll a one or a two on those, do I get to re-roll them? Because my fighting style says I re-roll ones and twos on my damage die. Yeah, I'd say yes. Sweet. I just really don't want to roll a one or a two on this. You don't want to roll minimum damage like me? That's not the problem. Oh, you'd roll. I got one two to re-roll. Well done. Uh, so that is... 7, 14, 19. 22 points of damage. Oh. Jesus Christ. Plus 10? Oh, yeah, plus 10. Jesus, sorry, that's 32. Plus your modifier? I already added the modifier. Oh. Uh, so that's 32 points of damage. I forgot the plus 10 for Great Weapon Master. You connect with this swing, and it just... You, like, physically knock him backwards, and he drops to a knee and, like, has to regain his balance. And, like, that... that irritating smirk uh, like vanishes from his face instantly Elden is going to continue to uh, just try to wrestle this staff away from uh, from Chai I guess we'll do a contested strength check yes it has disadvantage on attacks and abilities if it's choosing not to take off the armor oh yeah yeah he'll take he takes the damage on your turn right Yes, I, I give him the damage, but he has a, he has uh, the disadvantage still. So. All right, well, if he's not choosing to. Go. Uh, no, he's not going to. I rolled a nat twenty and then also a twelve. So twelve is what we're going with. And it's strength. Yeah. Not my strong suit. Does the web <laughs> aid me in capacity? Because it's sticky. Strength is not your strong suit. <laughs> yep. Oh, God, nope. That's a five. Oh, wow, it's literally not your strong suit. No, literally, it is a negative stat. <laughs> I was hoping that the web would aid me in some capacity. Okay, uh, that is... Okay, so he, he he manages, like, even though he's sort of, like, sitting on the ground, he manages to, like, just yank the staff out of... Like, you're still just sta- standing right next to him, but he yanks the staff out of your grip. Uh, Kevin... We are back to you. Um, so the staff is out of the grip. Does that mean that the web has broken or been torn or what have you? Uh, yeah, the web's the web's becoming more frayed, yeah. Emboldened by my last attempt, I want to try again to... Actually, you know what? Instead of trying to loose the orb from the staff... I want to loose the staff from the, the dude, from the man. I feel like that's a, a bigger target. So I would like to load up my crossbow and try and hit this uh, gentleman with the intention that he would then obviously let go of the staff. So that is going to be 14. A 14. Uh, yes, it... it- it's not like a direct hit, but it's enough. Uh, so go ahead and roll some damage. Okay, so uh, four. Ah, now he's got this crossbow bolt sticking out of his side. Sarah, we're back up to you. You want to roll some uh, some heat metal damage on this guy? I really do. Hopefully more than two. 
Ooh. Ooh, that'll, uh, that's better. 13 for heat metal. Roasted. Uh, how's he doing? Okay, so there's like visible smoke uh, coming out from underneath his armor. And uh, he, <laughs> he like flails to the side and throws the staff to the ground as he starts to scream and like, oh, oh my God, somebody put hot coals into my armor. How is this possible? As he, as he flails from this damage, this really intense burning damage, uh, like really flinging the staff to the ground forcefully, the, the glass sphere cracks and this bright light begins to glow from the the orb. And the bits of light begin to, to, to shoot out into the ceiling and they like crawl along the floor in this in this sort of like lightning-y web pattern. And the chamber begins to to shake. And the other three performing their ritual have now stopped chanting. And they're sort of like backing out towards the other side of the chamber as bits of rock begin to fall from the ceiling uh, onto the ground. And they're sort of, they're sort of backing out towards another, another way out. Um, while this is happening, uh, Bryce, just reeling from that last blow, looks to be getting back to his feet to deliver another, another swing against Thaddeus as most of the ceiling just caves in, just quite plainly crushing him underneath this this mammoth weight as as Thaddeus reels backwards and uh and Chai at this point you would be also like just falling backwards to get out of this uh out of the danger zone. Danger zone This cave in it's it just comes on so suddenly and within within a few seconds half the chamber is just completely gone. Covered in rubble. And there's just this overwhelming silence. And you're sort of, everyone's sort of rubbing their eyes because there was this bright, bright, blinding light from the orb just before the cave-in happened. Uh, You don't see any, like as your eyes readjust to the darkness, you don't see any trace of of your enemies. Uh, In response to this, Thaddeus... Uh, is kind of he's essentially on one knee at this point uh, and he turns and he goes I wanted to get him so bad and you take him from me and I'm not I'm clearly not talking to anybody I'm talking to the like the ether <laughs> and then slowly uh, as he does that last exhale there is just blood starting to pour out of his mouth and he falls over because he's at one hit point. <laughs> I think I would grab what's left of that orb, if it's visible, not under the collapse, and I would get my friends and I would go back the way that we can. I would try and like pull them to the way we can. Uh, you you saw it like it along with Elden, um, totally crushed. Crushing it. <laughs> then I think I would just pick up what's what's left of Tug and uh, go. The the journey out of the of the tunnels seems seems to be much longer than it was going in, as you all sort of reflect on what just happened, on the nature of the of the battle, on the 
the odd chanting in the ritual and of that blinding white light, not knowing what it signified, if it signified anything. And when you get out of, like, when you get towards the, the way out of the mine, it is much colder. Obviously, it's nighttime. It is much colder, and as you get outside, there is snow on the ground. I'm assuming there was no snow when we went in? No, it was, it was quite, uh, quite firmly autumn when you went inside. Not, not snow weather at all. Like, this is, this is a good half, uh, half foot of snow. Does it look as though time has passed? The trees are bare. Um, I mean, except for the evergreens, obviously, but yeah. Uh, so I guess, yes, time has passed. Um, as we've been moving out, uh, I'm just going to place... Uh, Thaddeus is just going to place a hand over his eye and a little burst of blue is going to come through. And then he's going to place it on where his clearly broken ribs are. And uh, I'm going to use the lay on hands for just a full 15 hit points, putting me back up to a hearty 16. Okay, so are you guys making your way back to Rinvale then? Yeah, I guess. I don't like this, but... Yeah, that's, that's the only real maneuver as far as places to go. Although you could have done a short rest, as I said in our house rules, short rest is five minutes. So if you wanted to have rolled any hit die in that time, uh, that could have been like immediately following the fight or on your way out of the mine would be totally cool. Uh, maybe at the mouth of the cave, I'll probably do it just to be on the safe side. Uh, I'll roll two. Um, but as the short rest is happening, Thaddeus is putting his eye bandage back on as well. Perfect. That actually is exactly full health. All right, you proceed back to Rinvale, walking through the snow, noticing that there's no tracks in the in this in this snow. Not knowing how long it's it's been here, uh, it like the the sky is perfectly cloudless, so it would seem peculiar that this amount of snow would have fallen while you were in in the mine. Also, at this time of year, very odd, and. When you are coming back down the gravel road towards Rinvale, you immediately notice that the town can only be described as ruined. Roof, roofs are collapsed, buildings, some are burnt out, many have caved in. It appears, at a glance, completely derelict. Thaddeus just sits down. That's all he's got. Just sits down. I think Chai falls to her knees and grasps at the necklace and like mutters to herself. Like, I fear I've lost you. Can I get a perception check from everyone? 23. An 18. Less. Okay. Um, Chai and Gutterbird both notice uh, almost at the same time that there is, there is a, like, aside from the town being basically destroyed, there's something different about the town as well. The statue in the middle of the town is not what it used to be. Do we recognize who it is? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know how close you're going up to it, but uh, like it's, it's sort of covered in a thin layer of, of snow. I would assume that we're looking for shelter at this point, so we would probably try to use the ruins as some kind of 
lean to or whatever. So we'd probably get pretty close in the town would be my guess. So as you approach the statue, you notice that it's it's not like the, the statue, the stone monument to old King Vilsan was a man standing with a great sword point down with his hands on the hilt. This statue is quite clearly somebody holding a mace. Does it have a skull on it? Yes, it does. Oh. Oh, no! And it's not Bryce, because he got crushed, right? I'll make an investigation check. Investigation. I feel like I would frantically be trying to clear, like, just by hand, try and clear snow off this thing. Eleven. Can I also investigate? Because I'm, like, frantic at this point, I think. Sure. Yeah. Uh, It's just a straight 15. As you're brushing snow off of the base of this monument, you clear away snow that obscured the words, Lord Balok. Uh, And, yeah, Thaddeus just sits down. Like, it's not... There's... It's one of those, like, you got hit in the gut or hit in the bridge of the nose so hard that you just sit. And he's just sitting down in the snow, staring at this. And that's where we'll stop. <laughs>